There we go. Hello, Dave. Welcome once again to the next installment of the show. Um, it's, I know it's been just a few hours since we last saw each other for a loop around the island, but how are you, how are you doing anyway? You all right? I'm okay. I'm uh, currently just chilling out at home, beat up, enjoying the Saturday afternoon. Oh. Trying to resist the urge to get some wine or beer at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got to you've you've got to seriously um, look after yourself this week because yeah. you've got uh, a heck of a task uh, next weekend because you're running the Centurion running Thames Path 100. I am, I am. Yes, uh, it's sort of going back to where it all started for me, and it was the first race that really inspired me to kind of give it a crack. And so, um, I think the first time I did it, 25 hours, and was an absolute shell of a man when I went over the line. Um, <laughs> And then progressively got a little bit better, did 21 hours and then 18 and a half hours. So I've done it far too many times. I should be doing different races, but, you know, whatever. So um, I've got an idea of what I'd like to do this time. But as you know, uh, my body's been a bit broken on and off Mm. the last few weeks. And Mm. what will be will be, um, you know, if I can't if I can't do well, then I'm just going to go and enjoy it. So, you know, like I've got I should be fine. But anyway. That's good. How are you anyway, man? Like, I know we saw each other earlier, but you've uh, yeah. you took on a bit of a task yourself last week, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had, we'd, in fact, we'd, I think it was you and I, or you you yourself first mentioned that the fact that there was a, there was a shipwright's way path. Um, yeah. I had no idea which way it went, which where it ran. But yeah, we took a look at it. Um, a few weeks ago, or, or I kind of went onto the FKT website, which, uh, you know, for those who may not know, has become a pretty popular thing at the moment with um, races that have been cancelled and people kind of chasing these fastest known time routes that have been uploaded to the website. But yeah, we took a look at the Shipwrights Way uh, and decided that we'd give it a, a crack um, as supported, as a supported run, because we were having people come and join us for a few miles along the way, which was fantastic, like yourself yourself and heather and yeah uh, jason and i ran the, ran the route um in we were aiming for nine hours thereabouts and we came in at 8 55 or 53 somewhere around there yeah uh, in the end so yeah it was it was, a, it was a lovely day um yeah really really good route i i, I kind yeah. of enjoyed the first half more than the second half which is probably normal for that kind of distance 50 miles yeah um, i mean- I always find with um sorry the, the cat has just come into the room and is meowing at me like I've got <laughs> it wants to be heard dave yeah biffy do you want to come and tell us about your running around the garden chasing mice and killing things and generally pooing everywhere i think this is probably <laughs> main hobby if you can if you can get your cat to meow and demand i'd be very impressed because they <laughs> never do <laughs> I'll, I'll try that for next time <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah like with 50 milers um i've done i've done a few not that many but they're, they're quite hard but i always the good thing about them is that when you're completely fed up with running it's time for them to finish that's true that's true <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it, yeah yeah for that for that kind of way i think for a long distance run they are good because you're right you can hit that kind of bonking stage and yeah um in fact we know somebody who's running that same route at the moment and uh, you know that the latest update we had was that they were kind of in that last 10 mile phase uh where they're you know starting to struggle a bit but at least then you know there's there's what a great south run left so Um, did you you have a because i I know what you're like because i've been for many runs with you and you have and like i've I've come you know like 
with a bag full of goo energy gels and you turn up with like one jelly baby and a mini cheddar <laughs> yeah gain a decent effort and energy level throughout it because i know that you know if things can go downhill pretty sharply can't they if you don't kind of keep up on fluids and stuff like that when you're running that far Um, absolutely yeah you know i think it's the it's the biggest thing i've learned from your from yourself and the other people that i run with like jason because yeah i was always i think i was always not eating enough thinking that i was eating enough but as you say like a few mini cheddars and maybe a jelly baby is not going to sustain you for a long time yeah Uh, even though it does you know when you're running you don't really feel like eating do you it's it's kind of like one of the last things on your mind but forcing it down and and i think since the isle of wight since we ran up around the isle of wight i've actually i think i've been eating a lot better and it's and it's paying dividends now it really is a lot and it's making the running in the later stages a lot easier it, it sort of like takes us on to the North Downs way with Stuart. But I was just going to say that um, one of the best runners I've ever met in Portsmouth, Martin Bacon, he he always, always said to me, and I think that this is where I get it from, is that he, he was always about the eating and always maintained that you have to eat loads. So, mm. yeah, probably, um, yeah, where I get it from. But, you know, you did you did pretty well, really, didn't you, to do sub nine hours and on a route that you didn't really know where you were going as well yeah yeah no it was it was good but it was an interesting run wasn't it it was i I know i posted on social media but we you know soon after we started we ended up in what looked like or felt like uh, a farmer's backyard in a a field with two llamas (laughs) that was such good fun man and they looked really i think they looked as surprised as we were (laughs) yeah i was do you know what when we were walking through that field um there was a moment I was like oh cool some llamas and then like realized that I knew absolutely nothing about them and whether we were going to get charged at or spat at or I don't know yeah by I don't know Larry the llama but (laughs) I know I know I'm I'm exactly the same I I always think oh that's such a cute llama oh my goodness what is it going to do to us um (laughs) yeah but we we got through didn't they they kind of just stood looking at us and then it's mate in the uh that was kind of hiding out in the wooden pen kind of sat up very sharply long necked looking yeah. at us but they they, looked... they they let us path i think they, they they must have felt that we were worthy dave yeah <laughs> perhaps they look a bit stupid really don't they they've got this kind of like um almost like a gormless look on their face haven't they and yeah like, and sticky out teeth and i don't know face for radio really but i'm sure some people are wondering <laughs> face for radio <laughs> well there you go they're um I don't know what their names were, but yeah, thank thank you to the llamas for letting us pass. But that yeah. was um, that was pretty early on in, in in the run, and it's amazing. No matter how well you plan those those kind of FKTs on these kind of routes, it's just so easy to go wrong all the time. So yeah. having like backup devices or a map on you that you can read or something that can pinpoint where you are is always a good idea to have on you. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're going through the countryside, then it's you know because there's so many trails crossing each other as well aren't there so mm, yeah the other day that was just a um like a last long run before doing the Thames Path 100 next week and the amount of trails that I crossed and and went on was amazing by the end of it I think I'd done something like eight national trails doing the South Downs way the Monarchs way the United Shipwrights way um so, and it's you know it's just kind of shows you doesn't it that there's so many different footpaths and so many different routes to take when you're out that it's just so easy you can just take one wrong turning and you could be in the middle of nowhere really quickly or confused yep. and 
you know, having to find your way back. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, so no, it was it was a good it was a really good run. Um, I'm so glad we did it because I when those FKTs first started being done, I guess early lockdown. Um, I had always seen the FKT website itself as kind of like an American thing or very yeah. much kind of like elite level uh, runners and stuff. But it just goes to show that, you know, you can you can get involved yourself and anybody who wants to go onto the FKT website and have a look at what, what paths and interesting trails um, are around. There certainly are quite a few and they're all obtainable at some level because there's three categories. You can do the, and I think I think Dave David Poole, uh, covered this in in the interview I did with him. But for those who who may not have heard it yet, you can do um, a self-supported run, which is basically you using taps and shops along the way. You can do a supported run, which is where you can have crew and people kind of helping you um, through sections of the run and also providing you with food. And then you can do a completely uh, or was that self-supported? Did I get that right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I've just I've just completely confused it. But there's three different categories. So. You know, if you're keen to have somebody help you, then you can go and go for that record. And if you want to do it on your own, you can go for that record. So it's worth it's worth checking out and just having a read on the the FAQ on the FKT website. But yeah, really, really, really interesting stuff. But listen, I was keen to ask because you mentioned on the last on the last show during the interview that you were going off to the North Downs Way to what yeah. uh, what I'm calling Crew for Stew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how did it go? Um, it was uh, sadly for him, he he didn't end up making uh making it past 60 but no yeah i mean it was quite sad for him but actually there were so many positives for him to take away from it that um that he shouldn't really be too upset by by what happened because okay. you know probably the hottest day of the year it was 35 36 degrees um he there was it's the north downs way which i've always found ridiculously hard to do it's hilly mm. but short and sharp hills it's not like the south downs where you have like long rolling hills it's got a lot of steps it's okay. it's and it's a weird old route because you follow the m25 and and for some reason it just makes it really difficult anyway we, yeah. we saw about 40 miles and he was all right but he wasn't looking his best and you could tell that his it started to affect his mental kind of like uh, approach to the race yeah he was a bit fed up really hot really dehydrated so we sat him down had gave him some coke and some water and said you know like come on have five minutes here and then crack on with it we'll see you at halfway so the plan was to meet him at 50 miles and then for us for heather and i just to really drag him around and not you know not take any shit from him really yeah. um so we went and sort of like hung around at what's it called i can't even remember where, what the halfway point is called but um we we sat around watching cricket for about three hours and it was taking longer and longer and then we got a call from him to say that can someone bring him some water because he was absolutely dehydrated and feeling horrendous oh dear right right met him and then he he was not having any of it of like of cracking on he was quite adamant that he was going to finish at 50 miles so um i did my best i want to go for a run and i'm here for you to take me for a run stuart so i'm not accepting the facts that you're dropping out of 50 because i'm going to be selfish and make you carry on anyway good he, man yeah. like no 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 not not happening and then between heather and i over the next 30 to 45 minutes or so we were just really persistent and then in the end we broke him down to the point that he was like oh for god's sake look so 
he carried on and okay. I think it was like uh, the next aid station which was 10 miles but there was a crew stop at um, four and a half miles okay, so yeah. I managed to persuade him just to go to the next crew stop and then see how he feels but you know it was it, it was difficult for him because he was so dehydrated and I think the heat had really really affected him and it affected almost everyone in that race because the dropout race rate was well over 50 percent wow that's that's humongous and i guess yeah I'd, I'd foreseen that a little bit because i've seen it happen at centurion events before on hot days it's yeah really tough for the runners really yeah. tough yeah i mean i've done it twice and both times it was hot and it really really you know because it's so exposed um and it's you, you get the heat from the ground as well don't you so it just heats you up mm. like an oven yeah. But I, you know, he he managed to get to the uh, the train station, which is the four and a half mile bit. And then, to his credit, he just sorted out the blister and then cracked on with it. That's but, good. Uh, okay, so there were some takeaways, like you say, some takeaways from that that he he pulled through that that hard. But yeah, yeah, and I think a lot, you know, you could see a lot of runners that were just absolutely broken by the time that they got to the halfway point. So um, I think if I DNF that race, I wouldn't have been too disheartened by it. Mm. Is no, it? no, fair enough. Real Man, big. it's a, it's a, it's a tough love, isn't it? That you've got to pull out the bag for yeah. for friends when you're crewing them and stuff. And it's, I guess, yeah. all decided beforehand that it's going to be that way. Uh, yeah, you can't really prepare for it when when people are in that way. No, I mean, I think that we're we're going to agree next time. I think about a line that I can that you know potentially lines to kind of cross about how mean can you be to someone when they're when they're in that kind of like having their own pity party because that's what it is mm. for anyone that's not experienced it that it you know to me it was within the realms of possibility for him to get through this yeah for him, he couldn't see it um so it was uh, it, you know so how how much tough love do you then give to say look you know sort your fucking shit out mate <laughs> you know yeah exactly get some, food, get some water in you and crack on um, so I think that there's like um, an element of getting to know crewing with him to find out where that line is. Yeah, uh, for sure. No, I think you need to know people quite well if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna go beyond that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've known him for years, but it's the first time I've ever been out to a race and like followed him. You know. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, it was, and then we had a decent kind of day out in um, decent curry in Ashford. So. Awesome. Uh, nice. Nice, nice, very good, very good. Well, I hope he's not too disheartened, um, Stuart. If you're listening, if he if he listens to the show, then uh, you know take take away from it, like Dave says, and then just just add it to the uh, inventory for next time, um, which is going to be the I think he, I think he said the autumn 100, or you had mentioned today. Yeah, so I think we'll I think you're going to come up to that as well, aren't, aren't you? So we'll go and yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to do my best to come up to come up to that, and I really, really hope that I can make it because, um, yeah, I'd love to come and uh, kind of support it a little bit and, and get an idea as well for what the crewing's like on those things. So, yeah. uh, get some practice in for the South Downs Way Hundred crewing. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's all happening. It's um, it's good to see races um started and stuff. And and listen, how, uh, you know, Thames Path One Hundred this week. What's your what's your plans running wise? Are you just going to take it a little bit easier, or or just just keep keep up some kind of um, some kind of runs this week? Yeah, well, a couple couple of runs and then and then just really chill out. I'm, I don't think running this week is going to make a massive difference, but just enough to keep the legs ticking over. Cool. And then I'll let you know next week. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I look forward to it. I'm going to be dot watching uh, next weekend, as I have been 
this weekend because I was watching um, yesterday or day before yesterday, Paul Capel try and attempt to do yeah. the sub 20 hour UTMB course from last year. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it, but it was exciting. So looking forward to to, to following you guys for sure on the uh, uh, the Thames path. And I so wish I I could have been there because I was entered into the race, but couldn't make the rescheduled date. So I've entered for next year and yeah, I guess training effectively starts now. It never really ends, does it? No. <laughs> so it's, we're yeah, always it's... on the go, always on the go. But listen, Dave, thanks so much for joining again. Um, looking forward to the interview that's coming up because it's uh, Davina Gladding, who you know as well from from Portsmouth Joggers, and you know she was she was really kind of a lot of times during the interview mentioned the fact that, you know talking about you know oh I'm slow and and you guys are all elites and you're fast and you're you're doing all these crazy runs, but I was trying my best to reassure her that uh, that's not the case because it doesn't matter whether you're your front yep. or middle or backpack we're all doing the same distance and we're all you know fighting the same demons together so that's what makes running unique you know it's, it's all just uh challenges against yourself isn't it um, absolutely also of legends davina and she is an absolute delight to be around and you always see her at all the races and she's you know it doesn't matter if you're either front of the pack or back of the pack you know you know it's, yeah she should you know absolutely and you know i've got a lot more i've got a lot of respect for her so absolutely yeah. yeah no for sure no she's done some some brilliant stuff and, and also been involved in um taking clothes and shoes out to to africa and stuff which we'll get into in the interview but yeah hope everyone enjoys and dave listen all the best for this week and good luck at the thames path 100 look forward to the uh, race report afterwards yeah. and yeah all the best man thanks a lot all right take care Have a good take one. care dude cheers man bye Hello, Davina, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Dan. I'm doing absolutely bloody marvellous. I've not been at work, so what could be better? Yeah, hey! So, so you've been enjoying a nice day in the, well, kind of sunshine, but there's a little bit of a storm over Portsmouth at the moment. Yes, yes, there was a bit of rain early on, but um, it's a perfect day for going and having a haircut. Lovely, lovely stuff. Treating yourself and, uh, yeah, ready for the weekend ahead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How have you been keeping uh, during well, during lockdown? I mean, lockdown lockdown's been going for ages now, and I've asked all the guests this, but yeah. but how, how have you been keeping? Is it about three years or something? That's what it feels like. <laughs> it does, it's, yeah. It's bizarre, Dan. The loss of routine. That's what I can really pick out of it. Of course, up until lockdown, you have the same things that happen on every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, whether it's park run or run club or whatever. You've got yep. those your week that you can absolutely they're your little compass and all of a sudden not having them wow weird mm. very strange yeah it's been a it's been a been a bit of an adjustment uh, i think everyone's kind of mostly in the adjustment now but yeah you're right it's been a it's been a heck of a process and one that obviously we'll we'll all remember for a long time and and who knows when we're going to kind of fully come out of it but um have you been out running at all this week um in, <laughs> enjoying enjoying all the other storms we've had no, no, and this is the embarrassing part. Running podcast. I haven't run actually for the last few weeks, uh, <laughs> which isn't a good idea. As this weekend, I've got the Seven Bridge race on Sunday. Oh, lovely. So it's normally a half marathon, but they've downgraded it to a 10k. So I'm just going to go along and just do a little wiggle along and take my time. Brilliant, brilliant. What was that race called again, and where and where is it? Oh, it's a seven bridge. So it's usually it starts in Wales and uh -huh. they shut the motorway 
uh, and it's on the motorway. So you race from Wales into England, around some villages with some rather nasty hills, and then mm -hmm. back over to Wales again. And it's a half marathon distance. They were looking at doing a marathon, which was going to be using both of the seven bridges in a loop. Uh -huh. But they haven't haven't managed to do that yet. But no, it's usually a half marathon and it's wonderful. Seven Bridge. And it's always a last. It's a bank holiday weekend at the end of August. That sounds fantastic, actually. So that, that might be one for uh, for my calendar one, one year. Have you done that before? I'm an ever present for it. So is it been the last six or seven years? Ah, OK, right. Which, even though it's only a 10K and you're traveling quite away, I thought I can't not do it. Yep. That, that makes sense yeah, you've, got, you've got to do it if you're close by for sure yeah, uh, yeah I've been um, I went out myself today in uh, what was sunny skies uh, and then I headed towards the the west and there was just a dark skies ahead of me uh, and then as I got into it uh, the, all the electrical storms started happening there was, there was quite a lot of lightning around and stuff um, it's my, fa my one of my favorite conditions to run in really I quite I quite enjoy it it's not so bad if it's not windy, but if it's windy, oof, that's a bit of a doozy, isn't it? Yeah, it was actually unfortunately windy, but oh, okay. um, I had a headwind going out, which which I prefer because I always know that I've got the tailwind going home, which is much better. So yeah. <laughs> got something to look forward to a little bit. Excellent. How far did you go? Uh, today was, I think it was seven miles um, in, in the end. It's, it's really weird, um, Davina, my last week I, I, we're meant to be talking about you here but obviously i'll i'll, I'll give you an update my last week um I, we did a 50 mile fkt on saturday with a friend uh normally it takes me you know a week or two to recover because i can kind of feel a little bit like i've got no energy and stuff but this week's just been the opposite just felt like i haven't really run at all so um strange just really really strange it's just kind of strange how the body sometimes reacts like that and you can have a completely different week to how, how things normally feel um but yeah, no, it's all it's all going well. But has um has the lockdown had any uh, like effect on on your motivation to run? Yes, it has, Dan. It's it's a really weird one because I'm I'm basically a little bit lazy. <laughs> Not um, at all. Don't believe you. <laughs> no, no, no. I am. This is a thing. Okay, so I do the membership uh, secretary role for Portsmouth Joggers, and the reason I do that is because I know that I have to be there every Tuesday and Thursday nights. Okay. okay. And while I'm there, I might as well run. And of course, as I said, uh, touched on at the beginning, with not having that routine, it's very difficult to motivate yourself to get out on your own uh, or sort of mm -hmm. meet up with somebody, one person, two people to go out for a run. It's been really very strange. So, no, I, I found it has been tricky. Yeah. So fitness definitely lost a bit. Okay. Okay. So, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, we all motivate ourselves in different ways, don't we? But I can kind of see how that's useful then having that role, actually getting you out and you've got a kind of like a, you know, you've got that task to do, which is super important for the club. And then you're there pretty much. So you might as well run with your exactly. friends. And even on the days where you think, oh, do you know, I really can't be asked to go and actually run. You mm. get there and everyone is so G'd up that you think, oh, yeah, all right then, I'll go out. So yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Oh, true, true. Yeah. I and mean, I've, I've spoken to so many people about the effects lockdowns had on them and yeah um, a lot of people have said they've been not that motivated to run because of races but then i've i've heard the opposite by people saying you know what actually i've i've really found out during this lockdown that, that i just love uh, kind of like the art of the movement itself and, and races have become a little bit less important so yeah a bit of a bit of both really so just interesting to uh, to ask but how's um how's the family being during lockdown because um if you don't mind me saying yeah obviously your husband's ian and you've got a daughter yeah. verity 
they both run as well because I think I've seen you guys at Southsea Park run quite a bit over the over the last couple of years. That's right. Yes, well, Verity she's up to is 134 park runs now, and Ian's on 199. His oh wow! Run away from him. Uh, they're they're both absolutely fine. Of course, Verity's halfway through her A levels. Okay. Uh, so we have a few Kevin moments, but she she's great, <laughs> and uh, she has actually. In my office here at home, I've got a treadmill, and every day she's, oh, mom, have you finished work yet? Can I come in on the treadmill? Which is unheard of, okay? It's really quite bizarre, but she seems to have yeah. taken the time to actually now realise the, the fact that she needs to do something on there, which is great. And Ian, well, Ian's Ian. He's wonderful. He's lovely. He's my sort of major um, cheerleader. Yep. Uh, he, he's great, but he's been working silly hours because of his day job. Is actually. Okay around an awful lot around this stuff uh he's been the hours he's been working have been a little bit silly so it's just making sure that he's okay there right right okay so um yeah back, back to the fact that i used to see you guys at south sea park run again yeah. is that is that your closest park run no it's not we've got one i haven't uh which oh, is okay. closer uh but i must admit i love 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 south sea and purely because it is that out and back okay yep. now Dan, you'll know this, but uh, where, of course, you pass everybody on the way out or on the way back. And I know that as long as I'm past the coffee cup and I'm on the way towards the halfway part, before yeah. those leaders come back, I'm doing OK. Um, and uh, it's a challenge, a personal challenge to me to remember everybody's names. <laughs> it is, isn't so, it? A little roller decks going in my mind and I'm thinking oh I know him what's his name and so I just try to acknowledge everybody by name and that's why I love Southsea because mm. it's that challenge there that it takes my mind off the fact that I'm having to run. Yeah no it's a, it's a really good point that you raised there actually with the out and back because I have a similar experience when I'm there and you're kind of going out and obviously the leaders start coming past and you're just saying hello to everybody by by first name and you're right it is like a kind of like this rolling fast spinning toy in your head that you've got to kind of oh hello hello kevin or hello dan or hello bob or hello george it's just, there's just so many of them it's just um, unbelievable and people who are visiting often say like hey, how many runners do you know around here but when it's your local turf i guess that's kind of how, how it goes very much so yes and it always let's face it people love it the fact that when you do remember their name so i do make a point of it mm, mm, that's, important. that's really good so, so obviously you've been missing park round and uh, park run yeah um have you replaced the time on a, on a saturday with anything anything interesting or just uh, yeah. looking forward to getting back to it just looking forward to getting back to it that's a politically correct way of saying i've done nothing okay <laughs> but also the other thing i love about south sea is there's no hills yes that's true that's true well, although some some would say one way the there's a there's about a foot of elevation but I'm, so? I'm not too sure about that <laughs> oh i didn't realize that oh no mountain stage yeah yeah so, so Divine, obviously, I'm, I'm super keen to get into your story and um, obviously find out all about Portsmouth Joggers um, and your involvement, which you mentioned there, because you're the club secretary. Are you still still no, doing that no, role? No, it's a non. It's the the membership secretary, so it's a non-committee role. So it's just ah. membership, the new members chasing people for their dues, all of that stuff to get the affiliations and and just this sort of admin to make people welcome into the club uh into the right groups of course on the club nights and and just keep the membership ticking over uh, okay that makes sense then because i think we may have first met or, or second met at a portsmouth joggers club night and i think I, I used to come along 
and just visit occasionally when I'd like to join in with a few friends for some for some interval sessions. And I think I remember you you grabbed me one night and going, actually, you probably should join up now because the uh, our club insurance has issues with you know with people visiting too many times. So I think I did sign up. <laughs> yes, and it's always an embarrassing part to actually say that to people to chase them. I'm going to say it's only twelve pounds a year, so it's a I know month. <laughs> But it is that insurance part that we do have to be so careful of, because if mm. if you go and sort of trash a car on the way or something, then, yeah, the club's in a bit of a sticky situation if you're running with a club, but you're not a paid up member. As That's interesting. Insurance. Yeah, yeah. Those are the kind of things I guess runners don't really consider when they when they do such things. So um, slap on the hand for me. But I did actually sign up. And you unfortunately, did? I think once I signed up, I don't think I ever came again, <laughs> which was str- no. it just it just works out that way, which is which is strange. <laughs> no, but we did appreciate the 12 pounds. Thank you. Yeah, mate, that's all good. It's all good. It all goes towards uh, towards the club. And uh, I know how, how good Portsmouth Joggers is. So, um, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. But obviously you do. Um, one of the other things as well that we're going to we're going to chat about later is the um, the clothing collection that you do when you guys go over to South Africa on your holidays, which I think is great. Um, so yeah, very, very keen to kind of find out a little bit more about that as we, as we go on. But, um, yeah. um you, you obviously, so you said obviously the club's activities aren't running at the moment. So there's an actual, no official club nights going on at the moment. Is that right? That's right. There's, there's an awful lot of, um, oh, crikey, paperwork around us at the moment. And, the chairman and a group of volunteers are meeting on Zoom sessions every couple of weeks, trying to work out what's a plan for reopening. Okay. So the latest is it's going to be September at some point, but there's going to be, of course, a track and trace stuff. We've got to make sure that people are members, that we've got the latest contact details, that we take a register, that the groups aren't too big, all of this stuff that has to go on in the background. So the the club, the committee and the volunteers are working extraordinarily hard at the moment to make sure that September we can all start again. Brilliant. I bet everyone's really looking forward to that. So that so there must be a lot of, um, are there going to be a lot of changes? Are people going to notice club members? I mean, as, as much as you can say, obviously, going to notice much of a difference with the club nights compared there to how it used to be? Yes. You know, well, most of the time it's quite ad lib that you'll go off in a general direction. Maybe another couple of groups will go off in that general direction. You'll meet up and you'll cross and you'll, you'll wave. And and it, it just morphs as you go along the different routes as to whether you'll stick to a route or you'll slightly deviate. But this way, all the routes have got to be planned. No groups are allowed to meet up. And it's so so much red tape on it that Mm. absolutely that there's going to be so much behind the scenes going on and also that will be obvious to the club members who come along okay interesting okay so 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 being being a part of of the club and obviously having a a a non-committee um role to do obviously keeps you keeps you really busy and stuff but what it's kind of diving into it straight away but but what would you feel being a member of a running club is like positively given you and you're running like over the years has, has, it, has it been a lot that you've kind of taken away from the club has it become a big part of your life it absolutely has become a big part of my life it's um when i first started there it was because i needed to learn how to run uh but yeah. then you you make so many fantastic friendships in there and it's not necessarily the people that you would expect uh mm-hmm. that sometimes when you've got somebody like me who's the the other end of the running spectrum to some of these elites uh and yet you've got these guys who are so 
they're the speed freaks, they are the long distance, like yourself, Dan. Uh, but you've got these ultra runners, you've got these really absolutely fantastic guys, but they are so supportive of everybody in the club. There is no snobbery, there is no looking down. If somebody yeah. is doing a, a couch 5k, and I've even just said it myself, just doing a couch 5k. If somebody's doing a couch 5k, do you know what? There's some of those guys, some of those elite runners who come and help with a couch 5k. And I mean, what other walk of life do you get that support in? So it, mm. it does give back an awful lot. I think it's a good leveler as well. When you, there are some people who maybe are really, they are very good, but then they get injured. And then yeah. or they're not that good for a while. And they realize the fact that nobody can be elite all their life. So it is that wonderful leveler that you should never be too too proud of what you're doing because at some point you're going to get injured absolutely it's a very humbling sport isn't it really in that in that sense yes yeah no matter no matter what you do i think no matter how hard you're pushing yourself or how long you're pushing yourself or, or where you are in the pack you're always going to be brought down to a level playing field at some point so you're right it's a exactly. yeah that's really, i've never really looked at it that way but that's a, such a good point to be you know it's um oh, kind of excellent. how it keeps yeah, yeah it's just how and it keeps it keeps it all level mm. it does and i must admit that uh, like Southsea, when you go to some races like the thames meander ones they are out and back ones and when you you're still on your way out and the guys are coming back and they are always supporting and they're sort of cheering you on and they're come on keep going keep going and it is really it's fantastic the camaraderie that you get in there is just second to none I'd be interested to know actually or, or try and kind of find other sports that have a similar a similar feel to them because we um we have this little uh, cricket ground at the bottom of our road which is on the on South Sea seafront it's the the cricket pitch yeah. and I often see you know the the seniors and and the coaches there all having like a really good time and I I get a similar feel from from that cricket pitch kind of like how I see the running sometimes and I know nothing about cricket but everyone's just kind of helping each other and yes. and yeah just just look just looks really good but yeah i would I, I just wonder how many how many other sports out there have a similar that similar thread because it is very unique i think it's, it it's lovely yes love the sport I'm, I'm really i feel lucky every day I, I count my lucky blessings on stars that um it's something that i've got involved in and, and managed managed to start doing because you know i think like everyone it could have been missed and and never taken up so you just always got to be thankful Exactly. It's one of those where no matter where you go, I know where you work in business and if you go on a business trip or if you go on a holiday, just pack your running stuff and then you can just go and run. And I'm, oh my gosh, this is going to sound quite controversial, but when you can go out first thing in the morning about five, six, six o'clock, because you know you're safe, <laughs> all the muggers are still asleep. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and explore a city when there's no tourists. So you can just run around the streets, the empty streets, and there's, you can't beat it. I know it's very it's very true and and going on holiday and or and business trips you get to see so much more of um more of the country and you get to explore the area and um I know when we go on holiday it's um you know within the first day I've you know the family and and friends are asking me so what you know what's down there or what's what's six miles that way or what's what's ten miles that way so you, yeah you, you definitely get to learn the area a lot more which is which is great but just don't do it in Bangalore okay roads not safe no <laughs> <laughs> i did actually i have actually been to bangalore and yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i would because mm. i think i'd probably get lost um 
yeah i i i don't know have you, have you tried it have you did you go running out there I, I tended to just run on the treadmill. I, I really could not. The, the potholes, the avoiding the, the cows on the roads, uh, the auto rickshaws. No, 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 not going there. So it was just treadmills. That's mm. it. Yeah, the roads are really busy there. I remember um, coming out of one of the one of the buildings we were working in in Bangalore, and there was an elephant carrying granite walking <laughs> along the road. Cracking. Which is just yeah, just bizarre. But um, mm. you know, talk, talking about kind of like running and and you know how it could be easily missed and stuff I think is a nice kind of lead into to what I wanted to start with your story which is obviously we exchanged a few emails and you'd sent me uh, uh pieces about your your running story but yeah. if we um kind of jump in our little um podcast time machine back to back to 2011 yes uh, where which is where you're running running pretty much started um so you were introduced to to running by your brother Nick can you can you tell us a bit about that Yes, yes. Well, he was a runner. He was the skier. He was the athlete of the family. And I was really very overweight. And he realised he needs to try and spur me on. So he dared me. Okay, he, big brother, dared me to enter a half marathon. And we looked around quite jokingly. And I settled on the Royal Parks in London. And the reason I settled on that Mm -hmm. was because at the aid station, they had Percy Pigs. Okay. (laughs) And I thought, what well, race could be bad when you got those there? So I, I agree. The yeah, absolutely. So I entered the ballot and my brother said, oh, come on, it's a ballot. OK, chances are you won't get it. So enter the Great South, which is a couple of weeks later anyway. And you're guaranteed of that one. So it's only 10 miles. That's fine. So enter the ballot, enter the Great South, gotten the ballot. So all wow. of a sudden we're talking, this was about April and these were in October and I'd got a half marathon and a 10 miler two weeks apart in mm. about sort of five six months time and that's it it was terrifying okay because I had never run a step so I joined Portsmouth Joggers okay so pretty much straight away straight into the club oh um no no Dan hang on a minute listen okay I joined <laughs> Portsmouth Joggers I didn't go for the next six weeks Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because I was I was so scared that I really did think it was going to be all elites. But I joined, I got Mm -hmm. my membership card, and eventually I Ian just literally one Tuesday evening he said, Right, get your running stuff, you're going down there. That's it. If I have to drive you down. So he he took me down to Mount Batten Centre, which is where it was then, and um and the rest of those days history. And it was wonderful. Absolutely lovely. It was Dave Bing ran the group at the time and it was part walking, part running. And just slowly built up and so yes I did disgracefully slow the half marathon I think that 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 was the first one it was three hours and three minutes okay so please oh no all the elite people listening to this are going to be mocking me now but um, but it was great I did it you know I did it and that was it and I was so chuffed and then two weeks later did the great south run and then I thought that's it I don't have to ever run again it was great yeah your great south run time was two two sixteen fifty, something like that. Oh, how do you know that? <gasps> I have to do my research, Davina. <laughs> what kind of a podcaster would I would I, would I be without doing any research? <laughs> Not so, a very good one is the answer to that, but anyway. Um, but do you know what? I I was proud of it. That was my time, and it was two weeks after just doing the half marathon, and and that yeah, it was great. That's incredible. That that really is amazing, considering the timescales you were at. And the daunting task ahead of going to a club night, which you say took six weeks to uh, to build up. But I'm so glad Ian kind of spurred you on to uh, 
to get there one night. That's great. Um, uh, listen, was your was your brother a member of the club at the time as well, or no, no, no? He lived up in uh, up in Nottingham. And oh, okay. Every Friday night, it was a case that, that we'd spend about an hour on the phone putting the world to rights. But um, no, he was up in Nottingham, and then. The, what happened was that um, so this was the end of April, uh, end of October. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I realised that once I'd finished these two races, I never had to run again. And then on the last, it was the last Friday of November, I got a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning to tell me that my brother had died through sudden adult death, which is like cop death, but in adults. Okay, mm-hmm. and yeah. all of a sudden it was just a case of wow. He was the athlete. He was the guy. He should be doing this stuff. And so for the last years, since 2011, I've done everything just for Nick. Because if he could be here doing it, he would. He can't. I've got to take that mantle. I may be crap at it, but I'll still be doing it. Mm. Wow. I mean, yeah, shock, shock, shocking news and a real kind of like turn of events, I guess. You realising or you thinking that, that that's it, no more racing and stuff. And then obviously that, that news happens. But yeah uh, well i think it's great i think you're, you're, you know like you've said to me your brother would be extremely proud of what you're doing yeah. and like yeah. seeing you run regularly and stuff and enjoying a sport and activity that, that obviously you now get to share with your family and stuff so it's almost um kind of like a like a parting gift in a way like a Very, i guess yeah it's a bit of a legacy to him isn't it really yeah yeah absolutely. they pass that that love of it over to me uh well i love it when i finished i'm not so much keen on it when i'm doing it but um yeah hats yeah. off to him. if we hadn't have had those friday afternoons and just sort of that dare then yeah yeah absolutely uh, davina if you, if you don't mind me asking for those yeah. um, who may not know and, and obviously i did a little bit of reading myself um do you know much about sudden uh, adult death and, and and what it is exactly I, I didn't, I must admit, to start with. And then um, some wonderful paramedics uh, who live next door to Nick, they, they tried to explain it to me. And apparently the heart just literally switches off. Okay. The, it's not a heart attack. And it took, it, it was actually almost a year to get the actual, the final post-mortem results. Because okay. if they have a heart attack, it actually damages the heart. So mm-hmm. they were doing toxicology. They were doing absolutely all these different tests. And in the end, they had to say, no, the heart just switched off. That's okay. it. And that yeah. um, even they'd got the I what are they called? Those badumph machines, the defibrillators. The paddles, yeah. Yep. That's ones. And even if they've got those, they cannot restart. The heart just goes. That's it. Okay. Okay. So I guess uh, people people who, who have that don't know it's coming. It's literally just okay. a, a very, very sudden, um, no no symptoms. I guess maybe a regular heartbeat may, may bring it on or regular heart activity perhaps. But it's just um, there was a little bit of a link there because my previous guest, Russ Besley, who I think you know as well, oh, yeah. um, obviously wears a, a device um, in his chest to kind of, I guess, if it, if the if the heart did that, it would it would shock yeah. it back. But uh, perhaps maybe in this case, it's um, not so known by anybody. It's just completely sudden. Exactly. And I must admit that when I, I carried on going to club because I needed that routine, I needed the release, I needed just a... Mm normality in my life at the time and it was amazing because the the sideways glances people would give you like is she going to drop down dead (laughs) so I did uh I was invited into the hospital and they did all the ECGs and all of that stuff and they said that there there was no reason it shouldn't be genetic yada 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 so I shouldn't drop down dead at any point but there you go yeah okay oh Davina are you still there 
here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Sorry. Sorry. I just thought um. So I heard a click and then suddenly um. Yeah. I thought maybe I'd lost you, but that's fine. Um. So. So 2011. Yeah. Massive year. First races. Obviously the the, the, tra- the tragedy with the, with the family, but mm-hmm. 2012 comes along and I actually looked at your power of 10 profile from 2012 onward and you have done a lot of running. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, in, it was quite funny because 2011, uh, my wonderful husband again, Ian, decided that um, it would be a really good idea to get me um, an entry to the Malta half marathon for my Christmas present. So that was in February 2012. And that's where it all really sort of cascaded from there. So okay. it, I, I've done a few. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's almost um too too many races to mention, but um, it's you know it's a it's a really you've you've run a lot of half marathons, and I think you you'd said as well that you've entered the hundred half marathon club, and is that is that similar like treated similarly to the hundred marathon club as well? Is there like a, a group for it that you get to join afterwards? Yes, there is. In fact, there, it's only started. There was a hundred, or there is a hundred half marathon club in America. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that one immediately sort of got life membership of that wonderful wonderful but there was nothing in the UK uh, and then last year uh, Phoenix running decided that they, we did need as well as a hundred marathon club the hundred half marathon club I'd gone way past the hundred by then which was great because it meant as soon as a club formed I was a member okay I went straight in at full membership and I chose my number 13 so I am member number 13 at the Half Marathon Club. Lucky 13, some would say. <laughs> 13.1. That's good. Actually, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't even I didn't even click there. But yeah, 13.1. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a bit slow, Davina. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. So, yeah, um, that was lovely. And uh, the Half Marathon Club, it is really attainable for everybody. Because I know that even me, looking at the, the 100 Marathon Club, I've only done, is it something like six or seven full marathons? Okay, but to me, the 100 marathon club is way out of reach. No way, no, not going to happen. But half marathons are, they're Mm -hmm. they're practical. And I I would challenge that to really, that most people could get to that 100 half marathon club and that that you can get to, um, if you've done over 25, I think it is, you could be an aspiring member and then you get a T-shirt with the blobs on the back and you're on the road to the, the actual full membership and so there's there's a whole journey of it for people okay. who are members which is it's absolutely wonderful i like that i like that idea actually um i didn't realize that there were kind of like in, incentivized uh levels and steps that you can reach on but guess similar to the park run t-shirts yes yes and there are different medals that you can get awarded so you can get the 25 half marathons 50 75 and then 100 ones so i think i dipped out there didn't i really yeah absolutely and if you get to 200 then you can just kind of uh, turn it into your own 100 marathon club because it will be equivalent <laughs> exactly exactly but no no I'm, i think i'm up to um it's 129 or something at the moment and i wow I, you know, I didn't do that many. I must get back into doing them properly again. Uh, but I must plan better than I did um, when I was doing quite a few because quite often I'd have one on a Saturday and one on a Sunday. And that was purely bad planning that I'd forgotten I'd ended something. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm actually um, doing something. I'm a bit of a cheapskate, see. So I'm, I'm monitoring on Strava all the runs of marathon and greater that I've done. And I'm going to enter myself into my own 100 marathon club when I'm done. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Good. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just cherish, cherish it in my own mind, and and be happy with that. I think. <laughs> so, so when you 
do that though if you've done one of these stupid races that you do which is like sort of 150 miles or, or you do the centurion ones okay so would yeah. you actually count that as three or would you count that just as one because it's one race i i'd count it as one i guess oh, that's yeah good. yeah it would just be a yeah just marathon or greater would count as would count as one excellent um, obviously that those are my rules in my head so <laughs> <laughs> I can probably change that and make it up as I go along I think but uh, we'll see now you've committed yeah yeah we'll see what happens even Um, if you're a triathlon it'd be one one I tell you I know that's that seems kind of unfair doesn't it because it's um one triathlon it's almost six five or six oh Yeah, I've got a friend of mine actually. Funny enough, talking about the spotathlon. I don't know if you've ever been over to to watch any of that race or uh, or seen it on uh, videos, but a, fr- a good friend of mine is running it in five weeks. Oh, who's that? Uh, actually, it was a first ever guest on the show, Jason Skiro. Ah. Yeah, so he's um he's had a really good block of training. I've joined him for for most of his um most of his long runs uh, throughout uh, the last I think three or four months. He's had a really really good coach, Dazen Bone from up in the London area, and yeah, he's uh, he's on track to to do it. So just fingers crossed that it all everything goes fine and there's no more COVID restrictions for travelling and he, yeah he can go and, go and get it done. Well, the thing is, once you're in that race, there is social distancing, isn't there? They're not absolutely. Close. Absolutely, yeah. Um, th- what's strange about that race, or what's different about that race, is I think there's an aid station every two or three kilometres. Clever heck. Yeah, which, and uh, for 153 miles, that's a that's a lot of aid stations. Um, yeah. So hand hand gel. I think ha- all the all the world's supply of hand gel is probably going that way at some Amazing. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Davina, in 2013, you mm. obviously we spoke about park run a little bit er- uh, earlier, but you, I think you ran, or at least you logged your first park run at the Haven Course that we spoke about earlier. Um, yes. Is that right? That's right. Yes, yes. What a route to pick for your first. I it's know. Quite, it's quite difficult that one. It is. You've got that awful downhill, and then mm. you've got a muddy patch, and so your feet are soggy, and then you have to go around it again, and it's just yeah, uh, it, oh, mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think I've I've run that a couple of times using because I always used to use park runs as kind of like a, a bit of a bit of a pace pacey run for the uh, for the week, and that one really eats into your legs. Um, no matter how fast you run it, really, it's uh yeah, it's a proper proper difficult one. Very similar, I guess. It's like I almost see it as the baby Queen Elizabeth Country Park park run. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you you've done loads of 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 park runs um over the years as you can see in your power of 10 profile but have you also done much volunteering at park run as well have you got a favorite role that you like to do i i have done quite a few but not as many as i should have done put it that way um <laughs> oh dear i'm embarrassed now i think i've only been volunteer literally about sort of five or ten times i love doing the um timekeeper i must admit. oh really but, okay uh, yeah okay it's amazing it's, how many people are scared to do timekeeping no no that's what i love about it. it it is that fact that you actually have to keep your wits around you mm. that you can't you can't relax into it and the other another volunteer one i like also is the tail walker <gasps> because you see it comes naturally oh yeah yeah it is um it, it's a good role actually it's a really good role because you get to see i think somewhere especially somewhere at south sea you get to see all the runners so many times so exactly. it's, um, you get to see everyone it, it, it yeah it's really really good yeah. um i mean park runs given so many people in the country just like a, a kind of not only just run running and fitness but it's given them like a real kind of social outlet as well which has been really good so yeah. um great to see the park runs working with um obviously the uh, the doctor surgeries 
um, yeah. in a lot of the areas and, and people are actually being prescribed park runs. Wow. Um, yeah, which is which is just fantastic. But I guess it's given you guys um, quite a lot of fun and, uh, and, and social enjoyment over the years. Yes, though I must admit that when we go, that Ian and Verity and I, we, we do have a bit of a competition and that is either Haven't or South Sea, whichever one we go to. Uh, mm-hmm. But Ian and Verity have run an awful lot more than I have on the park run circuits because I used to use my Saturdays for the longer run. Okay. So we would drive down to the start of the park run and about quarter of an hour before park run would start, I'd head off home. Okay, so from oh, from South Sea that was twelve miles, or okay. from um, Haven't it was eight and a half miles, and it would just be a race. So the Ian and Verity would see if they could do park run, finish park run, maybe even have a slice of cake, uh, okay. and try and get home before I got home. And it was fifty huh? fifty. Sometimes I'd beat them, sometimes they'd beat me. But it was it was a lovely way also of being almost part of park run, uh, but not being part of park run, not yeah. running. Because you're still using it as that um, as that that point of your compass that you could you knew Saturday morning. Okay, so those two are going to go and do park run and eat their cake, and I'm going to do my long run. Yeah. So it works well. I love that. I love hearing. See, I love hearing that because it's just nice to see how it kind of gets integrated into people's weekends and and everyone's everyday everyday kind of kind of running on the weekend. Because I'm the same. I do. I tend to try and tag South Sea Park Run or lakeside park run at the end or middle of a long run um yes. it's quite nice to finish with south sea park run because you obviously got company for the last three miles when you're struggling a little bit which is great that's true you struggling come on you're always up near the front how can you Div- no i'm not Divina. it's always a struggle <laughs> no matter what, everything's relative it's uh it's always a struggle <laughs> oh, i'm a fraud i'm a fraud <laughs> oh imposter syndrome strikes again <laughs> That's it. That's it. I think I've I've heard that so much recently. Everyone's kind of struggling a little bit with imposter syndrome. It's uh, yeah, everyone kind of like maybe devalues themselves a lot a, a lot as we were kind of you know speaking a little bit about before the call. But um, yeah, interesting. So obviously talking about parkrun and stuff, I think I think it's a great uh, a great kind of way to maybe chat a little bit about some of the and I was going to call it charity work, but I guess it's not kind of a charity work as such because you're effectively collecting uh, running clothing and uh, shoes and stuff. Off, off your own back and going out on holiday to South Africa and taking and redistributing that running gear um, yes. elsewhere. Is that right? That's right. And it, it did start again from Parkrun. So uh, when we go out to South Africa, we, we always try to get in a Parkrun around Johannesburg area. Around okay. South and we've been lucky enough to sort of do quite a few of them with, um, oh, Brucey, Brucey Fordyce. Fordyce. Four dice, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we also, as a second part of our holiday, we go up to the north of the country by the Kruger Park, okay? And uh, around there, there's Unkamazi, and it's a very, very rural area. And the park runs in Johannesburg, you've usually got about twelve to 1,500 people taking part in each one. But when you get to Unkamazi, you're lucky if there's 30. Okay. I saw I saw a photo of you there. So, yeah, I, I saw the, the crowd was relatively small. Absolutely. Yes. And it is it is basically it's the local guys. OK, now they have got an absolute talent. There's no two ways about it. They love running. It's, it's their nature. It's their life. Uh, it's a way to get to work even. OK, uh, so 
what struck us the first time we went to Nkomazi was the absolute, they, they were just brilliant. They were so enthusiastic. They knew that we were coming as tourists and they went and they got huge bottles of Coca-Cola and because they thought these foreigners would need to be refueled and all of this. And th their welcome was incredible. Okay, Amazing. Um, and then, so we got to know some of the characters and after that first one, uh, I'd agreed by the time we left there, I was I was sponsoring a couple of guys for comrades even. Um, and so Amazing. pay fees for that. But one thing that they were really short of was shoes. And okay. when you looked at, if you look at the Nkomazi Parkrun page, you'll see there was one guy who took um, two pairs of new shoes to last time because he ran every week barefoot. Wow. He was always near the front. Uh, young young fella and he he always ran barefoot and then one week he had one shoe on okay what he had one shoe on because he had managed to get a shoe okay then a couple of weeks later he had two shoes on but they were odd shoes okay okay and it was just things like this that make you think oh my god what the hell am i doing that I'll, I'll do a couple of hundred miles in a pair of shoes and then oh they're looking a bit tired so i'll just throw them away and i'll get another pair mm. so we suddenly realized what the heck are we doing so we started to first of all it was just us as a family we started to pull some shoes together then put some joggers when i mentioned to some of the runners and they were fantastic and people were bombarding us with shoes portsmouth grammar school they started to put the call out for shoes Southsea Park on put the call out shoes and so every time we go over now we take shoes over with us and technical running gear because that's another thing is how many of them are running in cotton or cut off jeans uh it, it's, and then also the ladies uh, last time we took quite a few running bras with us uh, because the ladies it's it's really quite strange Dan as you'll know over there that the ladies that they don't have any jobs so they're very dependent on the men to actually pay for anything for them okay now, if they do earn they still hand their money over to their husbands fathers whoever okay mm -hmm. so running stuff is an absolute luxury for a woman so they tended not to have any running kit so last time we did actually make a good point of right okay running bras and ladies clothes and shorts and tops and everything so and that went down an absolute storm. Amazing. So yeah, it, um, because we fly, we're we're very fortunate. The class of um, flight that we take over, we have a lot of luggage. So we always say that maximum that we're going to take each of us twenty kilograms, and then the rest of the luggage twenty kilograms each. So that's sixty kilograms. But then all the rest of the luggage is just shoes and technical kit. Wow. Okay. That, that that's amazing. That's um yeah. It's just listening to you there has opened my eyes to a lot of things. I mean, look, the story of the the runner just running in one shoe. I mean, that's yeah. that's outrageous. And then you, we just yeah, we're just really lucky and 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 fortunate to have all the stuff that we have really. Yes. Um, and then another thing that I must admit that did get me. I said about um, sponsoring the guys for comrades. And that's another thing was um was last year we sponsored. It was about thirty runners, Portsmouth joggers guys sponsored about 30 runners, local runners, four comrades, because when you're talking to the guys there, that they save up the whole year to be able to afford that one race, okay? Okay. Now, for us, that's £32. 
okay, wow. to pay their entry wow. fee, but they're saving up the whole year to afford that one race. So Portals Joggers, yeah, there was a whole load of guys that said, yes, okay, we'll support, we'll support, we'll support. So that was another part that we can just support. So Unkamazi Athletics Club and Park Run and Portsmouth Joggers, we sort of got this nice little relationship going, which is absolutely fantastic, apart from Lordrick over at um, Unkamazi at the moment, who is also the, the actual run director of the Park Run. He's got COVID. Oh, dear. Yes. How, how is he? He he sent me um, oh crikey the, the actual screenshot of his test the other day uh, positive and he was terrified uh, and I've just kept in touch with him the last few days his sore throat has started to abate at the moment his his breathing's still not right so um, it's just checking in with him every day wow. because of course it's yeah the conditions and and it, it it's it's different you know it's different over there. Mm, absolutely wow um I, I think that's absolutely amazing what you've done because it sounds like you've you've almost created a, a kind of thread or a, not I went, i'm not going to call it a lifeline because it sounds like they've very much got got things got things going there and um you know they're successfully managing the runs and stuff but you have really created something there like the relationship between portsmouth joggers and uh, is it gijima unkamazi athletics club it is yes yes yeah yeah gijima yeah. and for those who may not know um if you can picture johannesburg on a map uh the, i think the kruger national park is is a, is a few hours east of there northeast yes. northeast okay northeast of there yeah so you're yes yeah, so you're heading yeah, kind of that way um and it's a, and the kruger national park itself is a huge game reserve um you you do you visit there as well yes we do we tend to spend a couple of weeks there it's it's time to let our our shoulders drop yes. but the pace of life's really slow Mm, absolutely so have you made have you made many good friends out there then have you have, do you keep like you say you're, you're keeping in touch with um what sorry what was the, the, the chap's name who's got covid lord rick lord rick so so you yeah. keep in touch with him but have you made um a good bunch of friends out there in south africa people absolutely. you keep in touch with yes yes very much so um uh, i've ended up called mom by quite a few of them <laughs> offended or not uh there's there's quite a few of the ladies there, the Facebook friends and also the guys. And uh, yeah, it, last time was really humbling, though, Dan, because one of the chaps, Simon, and he was the one that we very first sponsored at um, Four Comrades, that he really wanted us to visit his house. OK. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, yeah, so let, let's do it. Let's go there. So we followed him in his car back down these little rutted roads and and he had got the house plans and he was building his own house okay he was practicing his skills on the garage first of all so he had this lovely square room which was a garage and that's what the family were living in at that time while they were building the rest of the house and oh my god that is humbling okay yeah. he was so so proud and you know what i was proud for him with what he was doing with with what he had and it was great. Yeah. And then you can understand running shoes, really, or bricks for your house. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But well, the thing really, is, really humbling. It, yep. it is. But the one thing to remember, and I really need to say this, is the fact that all we are is pack horses, okay? It's the people at Southsea Park Run, at Portsmouth Joggers, different friends around at the Portsmouth Grammar School even, who, who send the shoes over, okay? Hats mm. off to them, because all we're doing is carrying them over and passing them out yeah i mean don't yeah don't don't kind of like uh, underestimate what that what that means because it must be quite a process taking 
you know, taking all those bags across. I mean, how how does the how do the logistics work there? Because you said you've got you've obviously got extra baggage allowage for for travel, yeah. Um, and you're just filling up what two, three, four extra cases. Yes, yeah, and then uh, we just leave them in the in the hire car for most of the journey. Because do you know what? If somebody steals them, they steal them, um, and uh, we just wait till we get up on a Saturday morning up to the area and then distribute them. So yeah, we're hoiking them around the country in the meantime. Mm. Sometimes you are given very strange looks and questions from customs. Um, but once they realize exactly what they're coming over for, they're fine. Fantastic. Wow. And uh, the other thing is we leave the bags over there, the suitcases as well, because the guys, of course, they love suitcases. So we just make sure, yep, whatever we take them over in, it stays. Yeah. Well, I think over here, here, Davina, it's, it's, I guess it's worth mentioning that there's, there's probably like too much kit, or there, there definitely is too much kit, yes. um, out there. And, and Dave Harvey, who does, um, my, my intro with me, my, my co-host, uh, from, for the show intro, He's uh, good. we were talking on the last show before Russ Besley's interview about rerun clothing. Have you heard about rerun? Yes, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good idea. They're doing a fantastic job of, you know, for maybe different circumstances and reasons but they're trying to kind of get a lot of the the clothes or keep a lot of the clothes out of landfill because yeah. the stuff just doesn't degrade it's full of plastics and exactly. all sorts of strange things yes and the thing is that charity does begin at home absolutely and we do need to support charities like that but i must admit that i like to get also the excess out to africa mm. it, it, it must be a really great feeling there because you're actually getting the clothing like you say out there to somewhere that actually needs it and you're able to stand there see people actually pick this kit out and wear it and and the joy it kind of gives them and and the pleasure it is to see people you know having a good run and a good pair of shoes yeah it it was bizarre because even uh, we took some baffins tops out last time and um it was it was wonderful to be able to send the photos of the ladies who got these baffins top back to baffins and then one of the women got in the newspaper and she was wearing a top in the newspaper in Pamalanga and it's just it's really it it's quite bizarre and then you see watercrest line 10k Alton 10k shirts out mm. in and it, it's it, yeah it's really quite strange out of context but yeah they really appreciate them brilliant I think it's fantastic what what, what you've done there and kind of how it's how it, how it kind of runs I guess but yeah. you only get to go out there every what year or two um Yes, well, the next trip, it should have been June this year, uh, but of course, lockdown came. Uh, Then we rolled it out to October, but now we've rolled it out to February next year. So fingers crossed, holding thumbs that that the borders open for February next year. But we never know what's going to happen in the meantime. If we have to roll it out again, we'll roll it out again, but we will get back over there. Okay, and just just so I kind of get a, get a rough idea, have you always been given too much kit, or is there something like shoes, for example, that you could do with more of when you go when you go next time? Yes, so shoes. Now, the it's the main things. It's the sizes. Uh, they really quite narrow. Well, there's quite narrow feet, but there are some farmers' feet as I always put them. Uh, but the sizes that are really in demand are six up to about 11. Okay. Uh, Anything smaller, of course, you do have one or two of the little fellows who really need those, but they grow out of them so fast. Whereas the the more adult sizes, both ladies and gents, because believe me, we've had men fighting, or not fighting, but over a pink pair of trainers because they fit, okay? There's no 
it, there's nothing saying I only want that brand or I only want that colour. They will literally just whatever they can get to run it in. Okay, brilliant. But it's just I just good to know that, yeah, because I'm, you know, I may be able to help out there and and, and get some shoes to you, and I'll I'll certainly keep um, you know, my my hawkers to to one side for you next year, and Ross I'm glad you have out. Yeah, but Russ Bestley sent a pair of hawkers out last time we went out. Oh, <laughs> and really? Very coveted, yes, yes. They they ran comrades oats. Yeah, they were safe. That's for that, by the one. Mm. So speaking of comrades, I wanted to share this, but and I, you probably know more about this than I do, but I found out that in 2018, two of the Portsmouth joggers um, went out to comrades, yes, and I think they met up with um, two of the runners from Unkamazi Park Run. Yes, Lordrick and Simon. Yes. Fantastic. See you. Those threads that get created, it's um, and and the friendships that are that are kind of developing through this is just amazing. It is. It really is. Mm. It's fantastic, absolutely. So, um, if anybody wants to kind of keep uh, maybe their eyes peeled about stuff like that, is there a, is there anything official that's been set up via either the club or a Facebook group or or somewhere somebody could maybe contact you if they if they want to put some stuff aside for your next trip? Oh crikey, I, I, there is nothing sort of officially on anywhere. That's okay. the thing. People literally turn up a club uh, with a bag full of kits and shoes for me, uh, or else at park run, but. Anyone could get in touch with me on Facebook. Okay. I'm easily findable. There's not many to be ladings. Perfect. And if not, get in touch with me at the show and yeah, I'll gladly gladly put you in touch. But yeah, brilliant work to be now. Absolutely fantastic. It's um it's amazing what you've done there. So back to the running. Uh well that was running related, but um twenty twenty fourteen and onwards, um, like I said, just lots and lots of races, but I guess um, the one I wanted to maybe ask you about was your first ever marathon race at the Brighton Marathon in 2015. Oh, so I, did you know you were going to run a marathon or was this just kind of like another another challenge that you'd set yourself? Oh, that was a miserable one. Oh, damn, it was awful. Um, that one, oh, crikey, I really <laughs> wanted to do it. <laughs> You've caught me out with this one. Okay, I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to enjoy it. But Morton's Neuroma. Oh, my God, whoever Morton was needs a bloody good slap in. Yeah. OK. Um, oh, my gosh. I was in so much pain from start to finish. If Morton's neuroma, it's between the metatarsals and your foot and it's where your your nerve swells. And so every single step is as if you're standing on broken glass. Ooh. And if you turn and it's, of course, where your metatarsals sort of twist almost your leg just gives way underneath you it was horrible I cried almost from start to finish it was awful um I in the end I did have an operation had the sort of deep uh, nerve decompression thing done on it which was okay. brilliant I've never looked back since but no that first one wasn't the best experience and I must get back to Brighton and I must do it again to exercise those beasties absolutely there's like demons in that race and you need to go back and uh, and tame them but did you know that you had those problems before the race or, or was it something that came on during the run no i knew beforehand but i spent a lot of money on that race entry <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you've got to go and do it yeah 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 but you got you got through it you finished i finished i absolutely finished um yeah i finished that's what you can say about that race um oh yeah <laughs> that's good that's brilliant but you know what it, it shows courage it shows determination it shows all sorts of things strength of character everything so you know it doesn't matter how long you're out there for and if you're struggling with something like that that's pretty serious but i hope you didn't you didn't kind of injure yourself any any worse than you would have if you if you had dropped out a little bit earlier 
No, no, no. The, that's the point. It's the fact that even that if even if you stop, the pain doesn't go away. It doesn't get worse the further you go. It's just there the whole time. Uh, it's just like I say, just like walking on broken glass. Mm. How, how did you prepare for that? Um, how did your running change? Uh, and and were there any um, helpers around that kind of gave you tips and uh, anybody that trained with you or did the run with you? Well, do you know, I did actually, I picked up quite a few tips on the way. And what, the best one is about wearing wangy socks. That's all I can call them. Wangy, wangy socks. socks. Wangy socks. This is a Cheap. new term. I need to know. <laughs> yeah, like wangy. Cheap. Okay. So, you know where you go to, J, is it JD Sport, Sports Direct? You go to Sports, Sports Direct. Direct. Yep. And outside, they've got those lovely big boxes with Slazinger socks in that are the cheapest cotton ones that are about three pounds for five pairs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And they are brilliant. They almost, well, no, I've just talked about landfill. I shouldn't say this, but they are almost disposable. Okay. They're not. I mean, you get, you get, <laughs> they disintegrate. Well, near enough, but they are so cheap. They're not compression. Okay. They give your foot space to be so they're not compressing the metatarsals at all and you know all the time i've ever worn those i've never even had blisters but all the time if i wore those hilly or shouldn't advertise um if i wear mm, other other brands no, say it say it we're all good here anything's allowed well, the thing was that the hilly twin skin were brilliant to start with but they were compressing my foot and they were actually making it if anything slightly worse but when okay. he started were brilliant they were really turning point for me and also moving to men's men's trainers because the toe box was wider ah so interesting no okay. pride about sort of having pink girly shoes or anything it was just a case of new balance yeah they'll do um so yeah it's just making it's just finding what suits your feet without any vanity as i've said earlier on about um, the guys in africa but no vanity about brands about what label about um, what color it's what works for your feet yeah that's fantastic it's good good that you kind of learned that through the marathon so i mean I, I wear i think i think the socks i wear are called they're known as one one mile or one more mile socks or something yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they are but i i think i get them on uh, on amazon uh, and at the moment, most of them have massive holes in them all over the place. So um, I wear them until they literally disintegrate. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, I always I always have this. I don't know whether you get the same thing, but, um, you know, in the past, I've had really, really old trainers that I can literally put my hand through. Um, and I've still done ultra runs with them. Um, but then I, in the end, I look at them and I think, well, this is not going to degrade if, I, if if it goes in the bin. What, what else can I do with it? Um, so I'm always on the lookout for you know putting pop uh, little tiny plants into your shoes or no. there must be something you do like some kind of you know chopping them up and maybe creating a, coll a collage or something something interesting but i tell you one thing you're saying about your socks though which i learned quite early on and mm -hmm. that is of course when you go to a winter race your hands are so cold you're freezing before the race but then you warm up over the first couple of miles okay yep so all my socks that have got holes in them, I save them to use as gloves for the first couple of miles. And then you can just throw them into a bin and you don't feel guilty about it. What a great idea. Keep your hands warm. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. Didn't even think about that. Uh -huh. And actually, that's even given me another idea because um, I play the bagpipes and winter is bad for the fingers as well. Playing outside, they get extremely cold. Um, you need to keep your hands warm. So I'm thinking that if, I, if, you know, if I've got enough holes in my socks, which I probably do, I could get my hand through them, keep the fingers bare to play, um, but keep the hands warm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, cool. So, uh, Davina, that's 
been absolutely brilliant. Um, I guess looking ahead, uh, do you have anything that you kind of plan to complete still? Um, anything that you want to do? Because actually one thing I was going to ask you about as well was the marathon wasn't the longest that you did. And no. sorry, this, I need no. to step back just a sec. You did a 100 kilometer race. Yes. In 2017. Yes. Now, <laughs> I can just hear from your voice that you're, you're, you're why did I do that? <laughs> No, the reason I did that, Dan, okay, so a person who hasn't been mentioned so far is my running wife, okay, okay. Janet Dixon, and we are really bad for each other, we are really bad for each other, and this was one of those examples where we'd had too much to drink, we had entered <laughs> this race thinking it was a really good idea to do the Thames Path Challenge, 100k, I thought she was going to chicken out. She thought I was going to chicken out. Oh, dear. So we were, we were just waiting for the other person to say, we can't do it. And we got to the start line and we stood there and literally we looked at each other and went, fuck, we've got to do this now. <laughs> and so we just took it kilometre by kilometre. We had selfies at every single kilometre post. Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't fast. It wasn't glamorous. We had the best time ever. Okay. But we, I think we, we did we finish seventh pair? I think. Um, so the rest wow. of them really shit that's what I can say because we spent so much time in the aid stations we didn't realize that counted okay so we were living it up at the aid stations um so we have got Jandy and I we do have unfinished business there I think okay. we'd like to go back and and give it a, a better shot maybe train a bit so you didn't do any training for, for, for that race or, or, or not much did you do did you do anything for us um any longer stuff no wow wow that's brave it's stupid let's be frank about it it's absolutely ridiculously stupid but yeah we didn't come last so so what did you do um obviously you know you knew that 100k was going to be a long time on your feet did you get any extra equipment like a like a race pack to wear or how did you how did you plan to tackle the nutrition uh aid stations and ian and verity perfect there we it go and we had another couple of lovely, lovely ladies from Portsmouth Joggers, Alison Stocker and Sue Clark. They came and interjected quite often, uh, cheered us on, um, which was absolutely wonderful because we kept we kept it quiet. OK, when we do these stupid things, because we're sure that we're going to chicken out and not actually do it, we don't <laughs> emphasize it. Uh, so we had kept it really quite quiet. Well, it's a, it sounds like you're 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 bad for each other, but but bad, good in a good yeah. way, bad yes. in a good way. Yes. Brilliant. In fact, so keeping we... it quiet, there's one other thing, uh, keeping it quiet. Um, yeah. When after that disastrous Brighton marathon, I decided that I did actually want to do a marathon and I wanted to almost do it justice. So Phil Hoy, the lovely Phil Hoy of Second, oh, I know Phil, yes. Second Wind Running, I told him and he trained me. OK, and he was absolutely brilliant. He kept my confidence and I went and I ran Rome. OK, Rome Marathon. OK. And I must admit that, OK, every all speed freaks tune out now. OK, but I just wanted about five and a half, six hours. I was fine. That's all I wanted, because after the Brighton experience, I just needed to actually get one under my belt that I was happy with. Yeah. So I... I got there and all I did was break it down into, as Phil had said, break it down to five kilometre lumps. So I literally ran one aid station to the next one, walked the aid station, ran to the next one, walked to the aid station. And when I got to mile 25, 
Mm-hmm. I looked at my watch and I stopped in the middle of Rome. Uh, it was just as you go through the city and I stopped dead. And I said, I'm not a runner because I was still in four hours. Okay. Wow. And I walked the last mile and I came in at 5.05. Fantastic. Wow. And one. I, because I hadn't told anybody, the first anyone knew about it was on Facebook, my infamous foot photo with a medal, the Rome Marathon medal on my feet. That's brilliant. What a what a great what a great result. You must have been so happy. Oh, I, I really was. And I know that when you look at the speeds other people do, but for me, Dan, that I, I loved it, okay? For me, I was really chuffed with that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And and Phil, he must have really helped you out with the training. Did uh, what kind of stuff did he did he get you doing, which you think made made a difference in the race? You know, he what astonished me most was that um, he knew I was well. I was doing the half marathons. I was do, sort of lumping those out, and I, yeah, fine, yeah. So he knew I could do the distance, but what he was doing was getting me to do a lot of shorter, faster work. So it was getting faster and faster over shorter distances and park runs at that time, actually, that was a good point because it was park run that I was using each week just to monitor my progress with this one. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting faster over shorter periods. And so when I got to, so I think I was running about eight to nine, oh, eight to nine minute mile in. Okay. I know it's slow, but I was running that and that to me was quite fast. But then when I got to that start line, it, in my mind, it was just a case of, you know, all you have to do is run 11 to 11 and a half minute mile in to be able to get what you want to do. Okay. And it felt like I felt like I was walking because it was so slow after doing those shorter, faster runs mm-hmm. to even though it was a longer distance, to do it slower was so relaxing. Yeah, the, 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 it's the contrast, isn't it? It's, yeah. um, it makes a difference. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. And Phil is somebody I'd love to get onto the show uh, oh. in the future, definitely. You really should. He is absolutely, he's brilliant. And he's one of these people right back at the beginning when I said about the guys at the front supporting the guys at the back. He is one of those that he will give anybody so much time and support he's wonderful yeah yeah he's a lovely man i think i think him and uh Reza. uh yeah Teresa came out to chamonix last year as well because i think yeah. they ran one of, the, one of the um one of the utmb races they did yes yeah that's right that's right brilliant anyway fantastic absolutely brilliant i, I think yeah davina you've done so much running and so many things it's it's just incredible to hear and you should never never feel slow because you know, you've spent that much time or that much time longer out on each of your races. Um, and, you know, you should never feel like you're you're slow or not a runner or an imposter because um, we're all doing the same distance. Effectively. Exactly. It's us guys at the back who are paying your prize money. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't say mine because I'm never going to be at the front of a race ever. So. <laughs> uh, oh, stop being nice. <laughs> So, Davina, at the end of every interview, I ask um, some recovery run questions, which are kind of quick fire questions. So um, there shouldn't be any surprises here. Some of them may get you to think a little bit, but um, yeah, quick fire questions. So here we go. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, ready. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Uh, what is your favorite route to run in or around the Portsmouth area? Ah, uh, right. That that has got to be the one. Oh, right. Okay. So from the top of the hill. Uh, Fort Fort Whitley, I no not Fort Whitley. Oh, Fort Nelson down. Well, 
um, which is along above Porchester. So Ian drops me there, and then mm -hmm. I run down the hill to the Southwark roundabout, up yep. to the radars, along to Pigeon House Lane, down Pigeon House Lane, around the Ladies' Five course, and then off to Denmead and home again. And I think that's about, oh, it, it must be about 10 miles, but it's a lovely, lovely undulating one. It's, it, it's beautiful. It really is lovely. That sounds good. I know Pigeon House Lane very, very well. Pigeon House Lane and Mill Lane, I think they're oh, all yeah. kind of like run parallel. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, what's your favourite ever race or your favourite ever moment in a race? <gasps> favourite ever race? It's It was actually in the Kruger Park. It's a, the Skakuza half marathon. And that was, we had a race briefing and they said, you have got to run in packs. If anyone is seen not running in a pack, you will be disqualified immediately. And also, as you go through the course, there's armed rangers about every 200 metres. OK, OK. So it was only at the end of the race that they actually told us why. And that was that there were leopards spotted on the course. OK, wow. So it, I tell you, if anyone can do that race, it's it, absolutely fantastic. It's in the Kruger National Park. You're running. There is nothing between you and the animals at all. The first time I did it, it was stopped for hippos and an elephant. And what they do is they stop the race, they wait for the animal to move, and then they restart the race again. Uh, and then there was a, the leopard instance, and then there was another time when um, a hippo chased a woman. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, by Lake Panic. It got out and it chased a woman. So, ooh. I hope it she was, was all right. Um, yeah. With, with just to spend a spend a spend a minute or so speaking about Kakuza, I spent I've spent quite a few, well probably maybe three or four of my Kruger National Park trips in the Kakuza camp. Oh, wonderful! Um, it's lovely. It's just so it's just yes. so beautiful. And when you, unless you've been there, you can't really kind of describe it, can you? Because it's such a big area of land, and it is literally wild. It is wild Africa. Is it the size of Belgium? They say it's that it's that size and. Yep. That people do also, Dan, they get caught out because they think when's feeding time and then you drive around a corner and there's a, a freshly killed giraffe with lions mm. all over it. And and some people like it, some people don't like it, but it's nature, it's 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 the way it should be and it, it's a slower pace of life. Brilliant. Uh, Davina, what shoes are you currently running in? New Balance. Oh, they're down here somewhere. So New Balance 860s actually at the moment, and I've got two new pairs sat in boxes because when you find them, you have to grab them. When you find your shoe, yep, it really works. Yeah, so yes. it's good, good, good ways to work it. Uh, do you prefer trail running or road running? I love. Oh, now in the summer I love trail running. Mm -hmm. uh, in the winter I like road running because I don't like mud. Perfect. So a bit of both. Good. Yes. Uh, favorite post-race meal or drink treat? Oh my God, the shame, the shame! I, I, do you know, I could lie and I could say chocolate milk or something. It's, <laughs> not, it, it's got to be a McDonald's burger. Oh, lovely! I, I, I can go with that. <laughs> no, and I was going to use that wangy because we are well known for wangy burger after a race, but it's got to be a McDonald's or last resort. It's a Burger King, but McDonald's probably. Fantastic uh watch what, what what watch device do you use to time yourself so what gps device i've got a garmin phoenix 5 okay it doesn't make me run any faster uh, but it, yeah it, it's 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 a friend <laughs> <laughs> can you recommend uh, a book or a film that maybe motivate you motivated you in your running that maybe other listeners could enjoy do you know yes dane rauschenberg uh american uh -huh. guy 
um, he, he always sends his books over um, over to me. And it's Ignore the Impossible is his latest one. And that, that's quite a good one. But, okay. What, what, what is that about? Uh, it's basically, oh dear, it's looking at different races around the world uh, and how he, he actually approached them. And do you remember there's that saying, um, oh crikey, what's it? Uh, there will come a day that I cannot do this. Today is not that day. He's that bloke. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, no, he his books, I must admit, they're, they're really chatty, personable books. But this latest one, Ignore the Impossible, is a nice right. one. That sounds good. I haven't heard that one before, so that's a, that's a really good shout out. Uh, and, and lastly, Davina, um, obviously this is the Portsmouth Running Podcast, and we always talk about, you know, really nicely, uh, about the, the lovely community down here, the running community. So is there anything you'd like to add finally, just to kind of close off the interview about the running community in Portsmouth? Oh, you know, I think we are so, so lucky. We've got such a rich community. Uh, the different running clubs, I know we're talking Portsmouth, but when you talk Portsmouth, mm. you've got the um, the Athletics Club, you've got Portsmouth Joggers, you've got Baffins, of course. Absolutely. Uh, who are really growing, and it's fantastic to see the green out everywhere. And then you move around to Ferrum Crusaders and, and Gosport Road Running Club. We've got such a wealth of runners, and the clubs all work so well together. And I think that is something that's quite unique in this area. Mm, absolutely brilliant. Lovely to say. And yeah, you're right. There's just so much, so much around the area. Um, so many interesting clubs. And a few of those clubs you've mentioned, I'm desperate to get runners on from those clubs to kind of come and chat to us. So and future victory. interviews, for sure. Mustn't forget victory. But there are so there's so many good clubs. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're yeah. lucky. Absolutely, there are. Listen, Davina, thank you so so much for your time. I I, I know time is um is precious, but thank you and. Uh, it's been really, really interesting chatting to you, and I look forward to seeing you at Park Run soon once everything gets uh, back to normal business. Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. Lovely chatting with you, Dan. And I hope Ian hits his 200th Park Run very soon. Oh, so, all the, best to the, all the best to the family. Take care, Davina. Cheers. Take care. Bye now. Bye.